I've seen so many people <laughs> hypothesize mm -hmm. about the significance mm -hmm. of the little, tiny, <laughs> menacing old people. <laughs> Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef. <laughs> everybody and welcome to one fucking hour i am evan husney and here we are again live and in 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 the flesh here for the show uh we of course got to my left here we got mr tom fitzgerald what's going on T? Hey everybody. <laughs> doing great here welcoming in uh, 2024 oh. the only way i know how oh yeah right. tom is a little uh, impaired uh tonight yeah this is one of those one of those things that happens uh, for a series of maladies, my ears have plugged up so bad that I'm basically in a scuba gear and I can't hear myself or you guys. So I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess what I'm saying and what you're saying. And uh, let's see how that goes. All right. It might be a little Lynchian tonight. Yeah. A little, we'll see. It's perfect we'll see. timing. Might be some Black Lodge Tom. Some dream yeah. logic. Um, and of course, we got Mr. Marcus Herring over there. To that point, if I'm talking loud tonight and having to repeat myself. Oh, yeah. Oh. If I sound like David Lynch when I'm talking, because <laughs> oh. I'm trying to make sure oh, he, he heard me. Did you get Gordon. That? Yes, yeah. I hear you fine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, this is like oh, uh, firewalk with me. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a little firewalk with me humor to start oh, out God. the show. And then, of course, we also got, for the first time live in the studio, we got uh, Miss Remy Bennett. Yes, hello. Thank you for having me. Yay. <laughs> We're all in Hollywood. Hollywood. We are. Yep. We're in Los Angeles. Which is perfect. Yes. Because right up the road is Mulholland Drive, Drive. Winkies. And, and Winkies. And Winkies. Yeah. <laughs> We're between Winkies and Mulholland Drive, actually. Like, kind of almost literally. Like, yeah. yeah, I can feel it. I feel the vibes. So, sure. definitely. Well, we took a little, you know, hiatus uh, after, you know, because the holidays were just the last uh, few weeks. So now we're getting back to it. Rami and I came out here to Hollywood just to visit here during this time. Thought, hey, we're all in the same fucking place. Hmm. Let's tape a show live in the studio. It's so rare that we get to do this. So <laughs> let's fucking get into it. Um, now, of course, this is the show where we talk about one fucking movie and we have just one fucking hour to do it. So, um, but speaking of Hollywood, just real quick before we get into this shit. Because uh, we we're talking about Mulholland Drive tonight, we went down to some of the shops, you know, got some got some Hollywood memorabilia here. Very excited oh to be wearing this now. <laughs> oh, nice! Hey, right, very you know, stylish, right? Very Pretty sweet. Yeah. Looks good. Pretty sweet. That's official movie memorabilia. It is. There. Yeah. You could buy. <laughs> right now on Hollywood Boulevard. That's the last yeah, I mean, one. that's we found. Like it. that is available. No, I mean it was a vintage. Vintage. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you went to like a really messed up is dusty ass place in the corner. Yeah, it, it is for the people, king. for the people who aren't watching this video of us, which right. we should because we're all together in the same room. Right. Uh, I did get a Jackie Brown Kangle, and I'm very excited because awesome. I've I've always wanted one of these. Um, but this isn't the only piece of. Uh, movie ephemera I was able to acquire on this trip. And uh, we went up to, uh, Ramey and I were up in uh, Santa Barbara County. Mm -hmm. Santa Inez Valley. We might have passed some filming locations. Oh, yeah? And um, I might have picked something out for you. Oh, should yeah. I just? There you go. Yeah, why not? Uh, go for it. We'll see if it makes the final here. cut. An unboxing? <laughs> An unboxing. Da-da-da, <laughs> da-da-da. So da, da, da. Da -da -da, is, da -da -da. Oh yeah! Da -da -da. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Oh, you know I love this. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? D -d 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 it is a hitching post um, a hoodie, and it's from one of our favorite movies, uh, Sideways. <laughs> and it's the hitching post yep. where, uh, you where know. Where works. Right? Yeah. Um, that very nice uh, bartender, yeah. uh, you know, who just, you know. Yeah. How you doing? Good to see you again. And um, it's right next to the motel, right, where they're staying, <laughs> so that he could walk mm -hmm. drunkenly from the hitching post yep. at two a.m. and uh, stumble to um, to it. Thank you so much. This so, is this amazing. is baller. Yeah. You know. So that's your holiday <laughs> gift. Your holiday gift was delayed in shipping, but you're gonna get it when I get back home because it has arrived Aww. since I've been gone. You'll have to open it on next week's episode because it's very special. It's I can't. Cool. Wait. Okay. Oh, very yeah, very thank special. You. Um, <laughs> okay. So. Should and, we get into this? Uh, yeah, and just to say, this is a teaser. Like, we are for sure going to be doing Sideways. Oh, yeah. Sooner than later. Yeah. Tom has made me appreciate Sideways. What? You know, I yeah, more so than I, you know, have in the past. Okay. You know, but being there and going to the locations oh, and getting into the fun of it, I think. <laughs> yeah, we did some method tours. We did. And, yeah. we, it was awesome. really weird. You lived um, it. We lived it. It's so we a did. one fucking hour tourism. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> Anyway, all right. Tonight's episode, everybody, episode 93 of the show. Uh, of course, we're doing one fucking hour on David Lynch's Mulholland Drive. We wanted to start the year with a fucking banger, and this is definitely that. So yeah. I'm very excited. So shall we start the clock? Okay. Of course, we're, we're in a cell phone clock mode. So here we go. All right. Uh, and boom. All right. And to start things off, let's just do a little synopsis action on... Uh, huh. On uh, Mulholland Drive. <laughs> well, well, it's tough. I mean, they tried. This is the back of the Criterion Blu-ray. Um, they describe it as a love story in the city of dreams. Uh, blonde Betty Elms, played by Naomi Watts, of course, in her big screen debut, which I'm sure we'll get into, has only just arrived in Hollywood to become a movie star when she meets an enigmatic brunette with amnesia. Laura Herring, starting to sound kind of like a Snapper DVD uh, synopsis here. <laughs> um, meanwhile, as the two set off to solve the second woman's identity, that's a weird sentence, filmmaker Adam Kesher, uh, played by Justin Thoreau, uh, runs into ominous trouble while casting his latest project. David Lynch's seductive and scary vision of Los Angeles's dream factory is one of the true masterpieces of the new millennium. A tale of love, jealousy, and revenge like no other. So... Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. It's a tough one to a do. Love Story in the Land of Dreams is David Lynch's official yeah, tagline. Yeah. There you go. It's his yes. brand. Um, but let's let's sort of start it off. I don't have much of an origin story with this movie other than, you know, when I was coming up in, you know, getting into movies, you know, uh, loving movies, seeing all, knocking off all the Lynch films, you know, I don't rem I really remember when this came out. I don't think I was quite online with Lynch yet. Mm. Um, but as soon as I did stumble across it, I remember it just left a huge impression on me. I didn't understand it. I didn't quite get it. You know, I was young, but it, but still, all the emotion was there. And you could feel everything and, and the music and everything. Oh, yeah. And there was emotion and sort of meaning behind everything, even though it was definitely like, you know, a puzzle. And over the years, you can see the through lines, which I'm sure we'll talk about from his other films and like the same sort of surrealistic sim symbolism sort of translates from one film into this film. And so I think I've, you know, over the time have unlocked it. But I don't want to, I don't necessarily appreciate it in like this, this means this, you know. Right. Mulholland Drive explained, bro. Exactly. We're not, we're not explained guys. <laughs> yeah. And gals. It's like The yeah. Shining when we talked to the <sighs> Yeah, yeah. We want to steer away from that because you could, 
you know, for fun or not so yeah. fun. Um, that's what you could spend hours on that. Uh, this is that kind of film. Totally. So I think we are going to, we're going to have our own little approach, but. Uh, totally. Any or, or origin story? Well, I was going to have Rami kick it off because you're, you know, Rami's a special guest. Okay. Uh, so why don't you tell us any. Yeah. Origin story? I'll be quick with this. But um, yeah. for me, this was a big deal. I was, I think a freshman in high school. Can you hear me, Tom? Freshman in high school, <laughs> I was on the Upper West Side, saw it at Lincoln Plaza Cinema. Ooh. It was a big deal because as a kid, I was a gigantic Lynch fan. Um, as we mentioned, as I mentioned on the Shiny episode, my dad <laughs> really crossed some boundaries. I, I, and I feel sorry. Hello, Dan, if you're oh, watching. Hi, Dan. <laughs> I called him a child abuser on the last right, episode. Right, right. Um, but so I... The same thing with The Shiny. He also showed me Fire Walk with me when that came out. So I was really young. But then we watched all of Twin Peaks together. Every Lynch, Lynch was kind of like our family activity, like watching Lynch films. Damn. And kind of, and like, you know, like the Jungian stuff of like, when you talk about like the decoding, it's not like that stupid sort of like TV decoding of like the lost kind of sure. viewers. It's like, you know, he deals with like the Jungian collective consciousness and right. the themes and yeah. the dream logic. Well, there's symbols. not, uh, it's not about like, you can find the right answer. Right. It's just, you can find something for yourself out of this. Yeah. That, yeah. You know, might not be directly intentional as far as the maker Lynch, but like, uh, it's satisfying because, you know, like, you, you like, like uh, this film also includes you, the viewer, in a way. Yeah, yeah. Felt, which you know. Lynch also I feel like plays with a lot, like yeah, how we view cinema and like our relationship towards these like exactly. sort of iconic like film characters and tropes, and right. so he plays with that. But I think for yeah, for me, it's sort of like once you're in the mode of his language and his sort of like that dream mythology, it's sort of like you kind of just surrender to that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this was, this was a huge deal for me. One of my favorite, sure. favorite films. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was a huge peaker, you know, mm -hmm. I mentioned that before in college, was su super into it. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Blue Velvet was big for me. Elephant Man was big when I was a kid mm -hmm. yeah. and then it raced her head. But by the time like Straight Story had come out and stuff, it, it was sort of tapering off to me in my head. You know, I was sort of thinking like, like, you know, Paul McCartney stopped making good albums like in 1979 or something like that. Or like, you know, and you, he doesn't have a good one after that. So I kind of thought like he's tapering out Lynch. And so when this movie came out, I totally skipped it, you know, and I didn't see it till like 2005, I mm, think. Oh, wow. okay. uh, and I was in Brussels and I was sleeping on someone's floor and they had that DVD and I watched it. It was late at night. It was like, you know, 10 o'clock at night or something. And as soon as it was over at midnight, I was like, Let's watch it again. Wow. And I turned it out and I watched the entire movie again. It's probably the only time I've ever done that. It was like watch the movie wow. twice in a row. Just and I was just obsessed and it totally just all my Lynch, you know, uh, it spiked up my Lynch uh, addiction gotcha. again. He's so. back, baby. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, well, real quick for me, um, it's not dissimilar to what you're saying, uh, Marcus. It's um, I think maybe all of us collectively. Uh, around the time of his straight time film, uh, you know, because he had done Lost Highway and that wasn't received that well. Mm -hmm. You know, a little it's, bumpy. It's rewarding. It's great. We yeah. liked it. We covered it. We love it. But that didn't make much of an impact. And then Straight Story was just confusing because it was a, a heartwarming story. And I G -rated really rated film, right? So again, it's a G rated film. Right, right. Yeah. So every, I think myself and maybe Mark is saying too, it's like, uh, what's going on? Like, are we right. almost wrapping it up here? Like, is this uh, Godard in the 80s? Because season two of Twin Peaks <laughs> right. tapers off you know? too. What? It's season two of Twin Peaks tapers off too, you know? Right. Yeah. So um, 
but this is what happened with me is uh, Mulholland Drive was being discussed. You know, um, it was a failed pilot. Yeah. And people were somewhat curious, like myself, like, all right, what's, what was he up to? Like, I wouldn't mind taking a look. And I wound up in a tape trading situation, get a very <laughs> fucked up bootleg of the Mulholland Drive pilot. Amazing. You know, this, this would have played like, you know, for an hour on ABC in 1998 <laughs> or something. And uh, I got it. And so I got to know that. First. And then, and then months later, the film came out. Wow, and it was sort of confusing, and, and of yeah. course, a very David Lynch way. Like I saw a fuzzy old tape mm. of this major motion picture that later is coming out, and it's like right. the same but different. This scene's gone, and that's different, and that got transposed. But all I'll say is, I knew that there was something special going on, and he was still very, like almost more uncommercial than ever. It was that one shot where uh, Justin Thoreau's character is playing with uh, his wife's jewelry with pouring paint <laughs> yeah. all over it. Pink paint. And I went, because I was very stoned. I remember I watched the, this is me watching the bootleg. And it's like fuzzy. And I'm like, what am I watching? Yeah. And like, and like uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah. 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 This was going to be on ABC. Like, we'll be right back. You know? and I was like, this is some fucked up headspace, you know? Can, can we explain that just for the people who might not yeah. know? Yeah. Is um, And Remy, feel free to back up into this info um, is just that, you know, Mulholland Drive before it was a movie and, you know, this two and a half hour, you know, Lynch epic, it it started out as a pilot uh, for a new TV series that he was going to do. And I think originally it was supposed to be a spinoff of Twin Peaks. Yeah. Oh. It was supposed to be Audrey's story. Audrey Whoa. goes to Hollywood. Audrey goes to Hollywood. Yeah. Okay. I did what not know that. that <laughs> yeah. Was, that was his initial, like, idea. Cool. Like, Audrey Horn leaves Twin Peaks and goes out. So she would have been the uh, Betty character? Yeah, like a sort of Betty right. character. Yeah, um, I guess so. And then it, like, then it evolved into something yeah. else. Wow. Yeah. And then, of course, it evolved into something else, and he got money to do it, and he made the pilot, and as David Lynch describes it, like, you know, he submitted it, he turned it in, and I guess the executive was half watching it at six in the morning <laughs> while doing 75 other things, and nobody cared. And so it never went anywhere. And um, there was actually a full year and a half in between the pilot and the film. And what was crazy is that while they were just, you know, pushing and pushing to get the financing to turn it into a feature film, uh, all of the sets were destroyed from the pilot. All <laughs> yeah. of the costumes recirculated back into... You know all the you know rental houses, all the all the uh, props did as well. So, um, and as he explains it, he says, you know, when finally that green light, you know, came on to do the film, he basically had no idea what the fuck he was going to do for the film, right. and and I guess he had one of his major transcendental trips, huh. and uh, all of it came to him at once of what to do. And then so he, wild. It's so weird that you could that like one of the greatest movies of the you know the millennium, millennium or whatever yeah. started off as a TV show that sets up all these characters mm -hmm. right yeah and then it gets canceled halfway through and he's got three quarters of it done and he goes into meditation and basically writes his own fan fiction for how to like for his own movie you know how to how to turn a TV even just the logistics of turning a TV show into a movie that you can sit and watch in theaters is weird and the cinematography is great in this I mean they mm -hmm. they. It was going to be a good-looking TV yeah. show, yeah. You know? but um, it's just so weird, like that you could get something so magical out of like an error, you know, mistakes, mm -hmm. even you right. know. Yeah, well, something it's a perfect kind of problem for him, you know. Mm -hmm. Right. Because uh, <laughs> you know he's a little, he's kind of boundless about reinterpreting and and having new angles on things. So, uh, and, and it's also interesting because it's part of the narrative is is also a meta narrative about being that kind of. Director, yes, mm -hmm. avant-garde director who happened to 
managed to work within a system while being completely yeah. far out, that but then true. also fighting within that system. Well, compromise. Like, and, uh, yeah. Thoreau's character is having to compromise his film. Exactly. You know? Well, things are not in his control. Hey, that girl is not in my film. It's no longer your film. You know, not, not things are, things are of some higher, you know, <laughs> yeah. power. Of course, the little person from Twin Peaks is in charge of everything. And the syndicates. It's the, like, yeah. Like the syndicates, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, uh, uh, which is just, yeah. So the scary that, money people. The scary yeah, money the shadows. People. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of, you know, what's happening in, in real life with the movie. A small brained suit, basically. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Pulling strings. Yeah. Right. Right. Crazy. And then like, so. It's funny, it's cool because the movie is this completely like horrifying look at like the dark side, yes. evil, crushed dreams of Hollywood yes. in a you know visceral, terrifying way. And then the other half of the movie is kind of a parody of the Hollywood system seen through the eyes of David Lynch. And, right. Yeah, and What's kind of interesting is like when I was watching, did anyone else watch the, any of the behind the scenes on it? A little Some bit. It, yeah. Someone little was bit. pointing out like in one of those, like that David Lynch has this really optimistic view of Hollywood, you know, cause he made it, you know, and he like, he ate at Bob's Big Burgers every day. Yeah. You know? And he loves the creativity and- And the light. And, and the just bright the light, light right. of so he, Los Angeles. He's actually really optimistic about it. So like, the film's not like his indictment. I don't think the film's like his indictment of yeah. Hollywood. It's it's a failed person's indictment. Mm. Of it's bed. It's it's Diane's who's a total failure and has this sort of a. Yeah. She's also got questionable morality anyway. It's her idea of like how Hollywood is controlled by all these unfair things happening and you know. True, like, but I, and they're all conspiring against me. Right, right. But I would say that yeah. Lynch, as much as he is optimistic and like that's part of the dream and the glamour of that almost nostalgia mm -hmm. he's also obsessed with the darkness like <laughs> yeah, completely right. obsessed the with the darkness like that's what his well it's it's about. you know it's one and, of, it's a different side of the coin yeah, yeah you know right. they complement but all like sunset boulevard right. like all right. like day of the locust mm -hmm. like those were yes. huge inspirations for him the book day of the locust the film sunset boulevard there's a lot of Definitely. day of the locust in in this yeah um one thing too that you know, as we're sort of talking about, you know, Lynch not being in control of the sort of the, the, the destiny of the film ultimately because of the pilot. But also there's another kind of like uh, aspect of this production that is true to its material, which is the experience of Naomi Watts. Like, you know, she's, this is her first, this is her breakout, right, <laughs> film. And what's interesting about her is, and she's incredible in this movie, is that she had been auditioning for 10 years. Wow. Not getting any- Yeah, 10 plus. Yeah, 10 plus years, not getting any parts. Experiencing- the, the corn. Yeah, well, okay. But like experiencing all of that rejection yeah, and right. all of that objectivity and everything. She was uh, going to be another failure. Yes, right. 100%. And, and so she lived that experience. And for whatever reason, David Lynch saw that like in a photograph of her. You know, like an eight by ten, and then met her, and then saw that within her. She you know? lucked into like the greatest role <laughs> I know. Yeah. actor yeah. to yeah. illustrate it's their rare. range. I mean, the star making incredible. single performance. Yeah. I got to say, I think there's another <clears throat> element of this this strange the practical aspect of of all this this failed television pilot. Yeah, and what I mean is, um, like Mad Men, uh, if it had a if it was on HBO. Mad Men would have had more famous people, yeah. and we would not know who mm. um, John Hamm is. Right, you know what I mean. That was a star-making turn for him. And so, what I'm getting at is, uh, these are like like low-budget people yeah. who are yeah. populating this mm -hmm. TV pilot. Totally. The way 
Twin Peaks had a lot of low budget right, people. Right. It wasn't star studded or anything. Yeah, happy accident. Yeah, so that's right. why Naomi Watts had a chance. Meaning, if it was a feature, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. you know, from from, from get go, right. uh, Mulholland Drive would have been maybe had like so um, interesting. Help me out, like somebody at the time. Oh, uh, um, well, it could have been Nicole Kidman. Yeah, of Naomi Watts, oh, right. they exactly. were like best friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Or Laura right. Dern, or you know, yeah, maybe. yeah. or uh, right. legally God. blonde chick. Oh, like Reese Witherspoon. That's also interesting because. In the in Mulholland Drive itself, like yeah. when Betty is auditioning, she's auditioning for this kind of like low rent mm-hmm. kind of hokey, almost movie, soap opera, yeah. right? Which is kind right. of like the equivalent of like a network TV. Yeah. And then like in the other set is like the highbrow Lynchian, right. you know, Film. hipster director down the hall. Yeah, yeah, down the hall, and there's like these two well, alternate. You know, God, we. It's too bad we only have an hour. I, the one thing I really liked, <laughs> just this this little thing, and then I'll begin really shutting up here, is uh, <laughs> the portrait in the crappy uh, movies audition. Yeah the, yeah, the rendering of the director, he just looks like an old relic. Like I like that more. Really give give yourself. Yeah. Now remember, you know, like it's, it's very he's camp- amazing. The hack, yeah, old hack, hack, hack yes. actor, yeah. uh, hack director. Excuse me, and that was thrilling. I love that, yeah. like because Incredible. it was so intentional. So. Don't play it for real until it gets real. With Uh, themselves. Together. together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, with themselves. And be together. (laughs) Don't let it happen until it happens. Yeah, Yeah, and he has that look. Yeah. And then there's like the polar opposite of like the cutting edge hipster director. Thank you. That's all I'm saying. Kind of a haircut. Kind of a Bob Vila type looking guy. Those audition. I mean, is it time? That audition. While we're here. While we're here. Let's clean it up. We're doing That is one of the best. Roll it. For me, That's that whole string of auditions is so incredible. And great scenes. Just to see some an actor, it just it almost teaches the audience what a good performance is. Totally. Before we see the the second set of auditions, you know, so we can really tell that the first girl singing is way better than Sylvia than Camilla Rhodes, or whatever. But uh, 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 Betty's audition, it's it's so crazy to see have a movie that she delivers lines twice, the same lines twice, mm-hmm. and we get to see yep. two different versions of that. Yeah, like the I, roommate, you know, practice. What, what was that one fucking hour we had recently? We were talking about like the dialogue. I was, well, oh yeah. god, oh man, oh god, oh man, I was, I was, was like too. you're 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 doing an audition and your roommate's <laughs> doing yeah. the, the, the side sides. sides. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and it's like, like oh god, yeah. oh man, oh god. Like, yeah, you know, like you're yeah, yeah. That's literally in this yeah, movie. That's subconsciously why we're doing Mahan Drive now. Yes, because it's all on the connections there. Yeah, yeah, of course. But um, in that moment, you, as an audience, all of a sudden you're like, "Holy shit, what's happening?" Like right. you're watching Naomi Watts and the character totally, almost like break the fourth wall mm-hmm. in a way in terms of your expectations, what performance can be. Yeah, and the limitations or like exceeding those limitations. Yeah, and you're like, "Damn." Yeah, right. and she's so talented. Just to see Amazing. that illustrate well, that range of like a decent, a decent audition at home, and then right. just yeah, really. Well, I mean, it shows yeah. like the, her capacity as an actress because uh, she had to perform doing a good performance. She had to act that she was yeah. doing a good performance. Yeah, yeah. It's like a yeah. layer yeah. beyond. It's, yeah, you know? yeah. So it's wild. Yeah, and I think like Lynch was saying too that like when you have this like talent and this drive and you've been working and getting rejected for years and years and years, like finally when someone gives you that chance, mm. It's almost like it all comes out. Like it, mm. when someone gets that chance right away, they become apathetic and they mm-hmm. become right. lazy mm-hmm. as actors. And it's like yeah. when you have that inside of you, it's like it was really she was like her soul was like opening up. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, right. it was you were seeing the actress opening right. up. But 
too. Naomi Watts, are you describing? No, I mean, well, yeah, but we has, but all exactly. Right. Could be. So That's why it works. It's so it's so uh it's so genuine and sincere to her. It just like fits perfectly because her experience, you know, auditioning for so long and being rejected for so many years and then having this opportunity with this movie is like mm-hmm. her own audition. You know, and, it's, it's well, so crazy. And before that, she's being Betty, who's like very happy-go-lucky, almost mm-hmm. like a relic from another Doris era Day. of film movie. Yeah, like like a fifties movie. Or yeah, something I was performed. thinking more James Wynn character. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> not uh, not a bad call. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, is what I was thinking. But um, it's, it's that dream too, and like it's right. It's so sad because it's like that dream of every girl who wants to be an actress that it's like you will walk in and you will wow them and they'll say this is the yeah, girl fantasy. and then fantasy. you get pulled yeah. away and it's yeah. like it's that like city at well, Schwab's but what like, is it like uh right. I can't remember who but somebody like Alana Turner was discovered at Schwab's yeah at Schwab's uh malt right. shop yeah malt right. yeah right. and that's, that's that's the story you always and that's hear. probably ruined like a million lives yeah <laughs> hearing that that's what yeah. exactly you know and all yeah. these ingenues come right. to town mm-hmm. and they He's turned to porno. Yeah, <laughs> well, exactly. Later, you know? But um, one other weird thing, this is maybe totally off base, but this is something that occurred to me this time watching it. I don't know if this could even be verifiable at all, but like part of me was like when she's talking about, okay, in the scene, right? The dynamic in the audition, when you mm-hmm. really listen to the lines that they're saying, right. it's about a young girl who's being sexually hit on, by an older man oh, yeah, who's right? the friend of, of her, her father. father. Yeah. So and like, suddenly I was like, is that Diane's story? I don't know. Like right, like like right. Laura Dern's character in Wild at Heart right. was sexually assaulted yeah. um, by her father's friend. There's definitely something weird going on with Diane's like <coughs> past because the moment where the other great one of the other great uh, you know range scenes is sorry is when she's like crying and masturbating yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. and you're just like it's an abused there's sexual person, trauma you know there. Yeah, yeah exactly and yeah. it's like you know Laura Palmer. and she's a she's an aggressor towards uh, in the scene right before that she's like Diane stop yeah stop, you know so right. she's the tradition or the uh, the thread of like abuse is like carried on from that person to the next yeah you know? and it's not explicit which I think is cool like it's it's like not something that he's telling you about the no. character but you're kind of inferring right yeah. there's been trauma right she's come to find validation and she's fallen into the trap of you know either getting abused again maybe becoming a call girl um, yeah getting wrapped up in this like exploitation yeah right you yeah. know so yeah. If if we can, just because you know the clock is the clock, um, but just kind of just just to start to talk about like because this this film is sort of to use a Tom word bifurcated in that it does sort of have a dream fantasy first half, mm-hmm. kind of like Lost Highways in a way. Yeah. Uh, it's like it's got the dream fantasy first half, and then you got the cracks that start to crack through. The real sort of <clears throat> story is cracking through the fantasy. And then, of course, we uh, by the end of the film, we understand what really happened or, you know, some allegorical sense of it. But the scene that contextualizes the nightmare that this movie is, one of the most quintessential David Lynch scenes oh, there is, yeah. we mentioned it earlier, Winkies, which is... <laughs> That's a big yeah. deal. I've yeah. watched that many, many times, more than the mm-hmm. film. Like, yeah. I just analyzed it, you know? Yeah. Now, truth be told... You and I, I'm sure, uh, we always think of, sorry, Madman. Mad yeah. uh, because that fucking guy in Winkies, who's the, the yes. patient, who, you know, yeah. guys oh. of fright, he's, uh, he's selling Uts. Potatoes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Take it from a nut. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, he's, he's very weird. We're always kind of complain that he's a little miscast. Yeah, he's a little miscast. He's weird in Mad Men. And then also, though, it's like seeing, oh, it's the Winkies guy in Mad Men, and it's yeah. disconcerting, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. But that guy's face really is special, though. Yeah. So. And I think that that's like half of it for me. Is his weird? Just he, they cast a face beautifully. It's kind like, of reptilian. Yeah. That's one of yeah, yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. there's and, the. Um, oh, go ahead. No, I, I don't know. Just that was. I just want to make sure we we give a shout out to that guy's face. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? Mad Men. Yeah, uh, well, that there's uh, totally, I totally agree with you. And then also the cinematography, which I was really noticing this time, is mm -hmm. so strange in that yeah, scene. Yeah, so it's not shot the way a normal like. Uh, dialogue scene the shot the, it, the camera is moving drifting mm. the yep. entire time yeah. and it's really disconcerting I mean it, it's definitely contributing to the to the atmosphere yep. and it's yeah. something I didn't I've seen this movie like 10 times yeah. and I've never noticed it till it's like it, it floats well, well there's yeah, steady yeah. cam yeah great steady cam work throughout the whole film yeah. by the way just incredible but it gives you the actual feeling yeah. when you're in a dream Yep, and there's something yeah. ominous, and you can't put your finger on yeah. it, and it, right. and that's the feeling that's scarier. Than Normally, that. it would be locked off, right? Yeah, or right. just like oh, sure. on a tripod, barely moving. But it's really, it's moving. really moving. Or, or you know, actually, I thought you were going to say like they would overdo it. Uh, if yeah. it's like this is a dream yeah, yeah, wobble yeah, yeah, yeah. wibble, and, you know, like uh, the doors or something. Yeah, But what I'm saying is, what, what you're describing is very subtle. Mm -hmm. The camera movement, but what really gets me before the big ending, yeah. right? <laughs> is um, there's a dreamlike thing of repetition where it's like he's because he's describing. Oh, uh, you start realizing, and he starts realizing. I'm basically describing right now, yeah, because you were over there. He's saying to his doctor, whatever, yeah. and you're paying the check, and then like he looks over and he's like, "Well, Wait, there you are." There you are. It's check. like a recurring so nightmare. It's like right. my recurring destiny. Nightmare. The destiny of this moment is happening because I had a dream about what's happening. Yeah. I'm in the dream. It exactly. makes your heart sink it too. Really you're does. real. You realize yeah. it too. And you're like, Oh God. And you were like, scared. Yeah. yeah. And the genius, <laughs> like the Ooh, genius terrible. of the scene too, is the fact that it works in a vacuum. You know, like you don't know who any of these people are, you know, <laughs> like this is the entry point <laughs> of whoever these characters are who really don't have much to do with the story later on. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's emblematic of just a feeling of dread. Winkies and has some significance. Winkies does, but just the idea of this no, underbelly. Dies? Yeah. yeah, well, this is kind of the opening of Blue Velvet, right? Where it's, this is, it's showing you the underbelly of the suburban life. This is kind of that same trick with this is the under this is the un, the gross underbelly of los no, angeles I, gotcha. mm -hmm. I did notice that it's bookended by rita falling asleep and waking up yes right so right. i mean you know we yeah. could reduce it to like sure. somehow in this dream reality she's yeah. having a dream but maybe let's talk about the encounter in the back though uh, real quick before we do oh yeah first time i ever noticed this was you know what i'm about to say Go ahead. you had that look um <laughs> The push in with the steady cam going into the, you know, where the trash is behind Winkies. Mm -hmm. Graffiti on the wall, WWF. <laughs> ah, really? Yeah. Dark, dark side. Did not notice the sure WWF was, graffiti on the. Sure what does it totally all mean? Totally. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that just yeah. blows everything out of the water. All what the does that mean? Yeah. Right. Winkies winking at you. Yeah. So, uh, so okay. So, he's at me. You know, the, the way this plays out, here's one of my favorite things of this scene. And of a, it's like a very Lynch thing. Like, this is why I love him. Mm -hmm. Is that, you know, the, the incident happens. The uh, hobo person reveals itself. It's yeah. a, played by a woman, by the way. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. The, the actress or yeah. whoever that is. Yeah. Uh, so, so like, the, there's there's a shot of, um, you know, the, uh, the the wall. And, and you know, and then, and then the person pops in from the side of, like, the... Uh, Thank you. 
with yeah. a great Dumpster. sound effect. But, but what's happening is he often, Ooh. after the, the 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 hobo appears and then disappears, he keeps cutting back to the same shot that is unpopulated I by know. the hobo. It's just the wall right. next mm. to the, uh, behind the uh, dumpster. Yeah. Yeah. I know, love it's that. It's just like, that's such a great choice. Like, I guess it's like, maybe you're sort of having a primal fear, like, Oof. is the thing coming back? Oh, totally. It's oh, the place right. of the bad thing yeah. that I saw? Yeah. Well, because we, what he does is he he imposes this, like, or imbues these spaces with energy. That's what Lynch does. That's, yeah. And that's why he's so, mm -hmm. it's so deeply, viscerally terrifying. Yeah. That's now a, a cursed place. Yeah. But yeah. he does that yeah. with, the. it could be, you know, like an empty space that's yeah. darkly lit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's the sound design. Oh, yeah. And that empty space is imbued with all of your terror. Right. Love Every that. bit right. of your terror. Love that. And it's. Fucked up. And I love One the, other thing, the sound design. Yeah. It's like, I've never heard it before. And haha, I was watching it today with my horrible ears. What happens is uh, it feels like you're hearing the sound of loud nothing. Oh, yeah. Like when he, because yeah, you don't hear him screaming. It's like when he basically yeah. screams and exclaims. Oh. And it just goes yeah. like, oh. yeah. yeah. And it becomes like, the like fear violently loud, oppressive. Mm -hmm. Well, it's nothing. like it's it's like when there's like a like a grenade in a war film or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like scared to death, literally scared to yeah. death. Yeah, yeah, it's... love that. And 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 he does this so wonderfully in this movie, Lost Highway Two. We talked about mm -hmm. a little bit. Is the idea of like it's such a nightmare logic or nightmare vision thing of like, you know, when you're having a nightmare and there's something around this the dark worst, corner. Yeah. And like, you know, in the anticipation of what and it's going to be. And weirdly, you're walking to it. To it. And you're walking, right? you can't stop. Right, and yeah. And, what? And the, but like Lost Highway has that too, where, he, where you know, Ooh. Pullman's going in and out of the like dark corners of his own house. Yep. There's yes. nothing scarier than that scene. Yeah. yeah. One it, technical thing, I, I like that you yeah. pinpointed uh, about the sound. Right. It's as if a terror bomb went off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As if in like Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, literally a grenade went off. Yeah. And you know, like this is the, you're, you're hearing subjectively what the person mm -hmm. next to it is hearing. Like, Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. The way that creature but slides no, in. No bomb went off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just a hobo went like. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? well, like yeah. a demon hobo. A demon. <laughs> yeah. Demon hobo. But fire welcome me too. Sorry, go off. Oh well, yeah. the this, this, the pilot ends with the that like hobo's like face. Really? So does the film, yeah. more or less. Right. That's true. Yeah, but, but it I ends sort of like around when she dyes her hair, <laughs> and then it just cuts to like the hobo staring into the camera oh. for like a long time. Wow. Like you see, you get a you get a good glimpse wow. of it, and, and and like and and she's like a beak. Yeah. Yeah. Like so weird and so disturbing. And like yeah. the other thing too about it is I've seen this movie ten times. Right. <laughs> Every time that scene happens. My brain, like it was a nightmare, can't quite remember I know. what that person is going to look like I around me. Yeah, yeah. I'm so oh, yeah? scared. Do you know what I mean? So, oh, like, yeah. then when I see it again, it's like, oh yeah, it's that. Well, it's it's <laughs> it's 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 just like um, it's not very defined, right? It's just like uh, different uh, shades mm -hmm. of really uh, dark, you know, like hair, yeah, and like you Grease. know, it's not it's like uh, not very definable. It's not. You know. It's like your brain can't even process. What process it. But it's yeah. weird how, like, for whatever reason, with his magic, that like it evokes that level of fear. No, even though we can see it a million times. Yeah. But I, it's still. It's crazy fear. Uh, makeup design. You know, like how they even came up with that. I know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there's, I mean, the uh, the face of the dead Diane is very gruesome too. And yeah. I wonder if it is like, uh, you know, I was reading something today. I was talking about. David Lynch, I forget the word now. It's like about rotting, the stage of rotting human. Yeah. Oh, um, like 
after rigor mortis. No. There's a stage of that. You know, putrefi- yeah. putrefaction. Putrefi- yeah. Putrefaction, yeah. And that this was about, the, David Lynch kept mentioning that word in like the can screenings. Uh, putrefaction. Uh, yeah, so maybe that has something to do with like where the design for the hobo. Amazing. And, and also because know. part of the, well, you could look at it like this is part of Diane. Mm-hmm. The hobo is the evil, not the evil, but the desperation and the guilt mm-hmm. and the fear. They're the same way like Killer mm-hmm. Bob is the demon in Fire Walk yeah. With Me. And then right. don't look now right. with, the, or like, with the dwarf. It's a manifestation. Yeah. It's a manifestation. Or sort of negative attitude the because negative. like the cowboy says. Man's attitude. Man's attitude goes some ways the way his life will be. Is that something you might agree with? A yeah. man's attitude. Mm. Man's attitude goes a long ways in determining right. how his life will nope. be. And Betty has this sort of like bright, shiny view of life. And Diane, you know, because of her abuse or whatever, has this sort of like she's always very. She, we, when we first meet Diane, she's very negative and like uh, she's already damaged. So, well, can we yeah. can, can we get into that just real quick? Because it's it's interesting just to talk about like when you talk about um, like you know, what What happens in this movie, you yeah. know? Uh, the idea of, so what we're seeing in the first half of the movie, more or less, because there's mm-hmm. a lot, you know, there, it's not this simple. But of course, you're seeing sort of these idealized fantasy of Betty. Yeah. Right? Uh, the Betty version of Diane. Yeah. yeah. Right? And 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 sort of, um, and then as it goes along, you're, you're, you're getting the cracks of her guilt, as you were mentioning earlier, but you don't know why yet. You yeah. don't know why there's anything right. that she would feel, you know, guilty or, you know, whatever right. for. And and then as it goes along, you understand that, okay, they were in love, Camila and Diane, who is Betty in the fantasy. Right. And you have to watch it a few times to understand. You do. I mean. And then so they're in love, <laughs> and simply she can't handle um, Camila being in love with Adam, the director, and all of her hopes and dreams for Hollywood was more of like, you know, as we were saying, rejection and darkness and things like that. And so she decides to take a hit out on her to yeah. kill her. Yeah. Right. And the thing that you pointed out to me on this last watch, which made me understand all of this, was actually the blue fucking key. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the blue key, because um, the, the dude, and this ties it back to Winkies. <laughs> of course. Says if, you know, when the job's done, you're going to find this key. And, but all this as the first time viewer, you're learning after the fact. So you have to, in your mind, almost think yeah. back because there is the scene when she is, you know, masturbating and crying. The key's right there. Mm-hmm. The so reminder that, of the- So that's like, okay, I've killed her. The yeah. reminder. Mm-hmm. And you that. can't go back. You can't go back. Yeah. You know, and then, and so, yeah, I mean, so all of it does- Tie together, right. I think, quite beautifully. Yeah. Yes, what does the key unlock? And he just laughs. Right. Yeah, right. Because it's then, all the darkness. Right, you know? right, right. And then Winkies is is literally the scene of the crime. Right. And it's so the Winkies itself is resonating wow. with that evil and darkness. Right. So when the guy is sitting there, the hit he's man. like, he's having those, oh. prom- no, the Sorry. Die. Right. Yeah. He's having those premonitions of like, this is where it happened. Like, something oh, really awful. Something really happened awful. Happened here. And right, LA, right. by the way, when you walk around LA, 
nighttime, daytime, you feel those vibes. Winkies everywhere. Said <laughs> Something the bad happened terrifying here. place. In the world. In the world. <laughs> if, if, you're, if you catch it on a certain angle, oh, it, is terrifying. it can be. be very upsetting Chilling, and weird, like alleyways. Dark, alleyways, Hollywood Boulevard at night, the just the, oh, the underwear Hollywood Boulevard the during the day. The <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's almost worse. Yeah, who works right. there? But, yeah, right. Oh, yeah. You see like the lingerie on the street in the daytime time and oh, you're like sure. the one high heel and what happened in that motel room and you know what it's the darkest place in the world inland empire also goes hard on that as well too I, um i was gonna say too in terms of like the like overall theme of this in terms of how a girl goes to hollywood and like life is destroyed and violence and death he was well, Lynch is like super inspired by the Black Dahlia story, mm -hmm. but also Marilyn Monroe. Of course. And so right. they like these are two stories that he was trying to adapt. He had bought the rights for Severed, which was the Black Dahlia. I didn't uh, know he bought yeah, the that. Yeah. Great uh, book. That Everyone John Gilmore wrote. Mm -hmm. um, this idea of the naive young pretty girl going mm -hmm. off to find her dreams, right? And then- um, Nor Norma Jean Desmond or whatever. All of that. So like yeah. for him throughout all of his work, like you have the archetypes, you have like the the Marilyn and you have the Betty um, Elizabeth Short, who his name was Betty, her nickname was Betty. And so it's like, and also the blonde and the brunette. Yeah, right. So yeah, you have the that. Betty and Veronica. Yep duality yeah. which is very 1950s fetishism of like the archetypes of the females yep, yep, yep. which then you see in the film noirs you have the doris day blonde who's the sweet mm -hmm. girl next door yeah. where like the, a woman's personality would change if she were to suddenly be a brunette 100 the archetypal yeah. signifiers of you know what yeah. it, what well that means is all in the hair and then the gene tyranny is and, the she, dark and they changed and the, her, mm -hmm. the hair what is it again well, the there's hair a, changes in this film yeah there's the wigs and then there's the blonde wig the, for uh wig brunette for, for, yeah, right. yeah for she basically Rita. turns her into her yeah. Self. Herself. Yeah. But there is also like Lynch, like on face value is, and you've brought this up too before, Remy, is like, it is kind of Betty and Veronica, like the geo golly whiz. Nancy 50s. Drew. Nancy Drew yeah. meets Igmar Bergman persona. Yeah. Darkness, totally. mm -hmm. you know. But like with the, um, sorry, with Marilyn. Yeah. Like he always said that Laura Palmer was Marilyn Monroe. Like Whoa. when he wrote her, mm. While he was writing, before he started writing Laura's character, he was adapting also a book called Goddess, which was a biography of Marilyn. I and he was writing that. that with Mark Frost. And they had, they wrote the whole script. And it was like this very dark tale of Marilyn. Daddy. And her last days, basically. <laughs> well, yeah, he fucking <laughs> Yeah, Blonde. Shout out to Blonde. Yeah, completely. Remember that well, one from last year? Uh -huh. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, so then, but they basically then pitched it to a studio who was interested. Of course, the studios read it and were like, what the fuck is this? This yeah. is insane. Right. Way too dark and weird. We wanted like a Marilyn biopic. Right, right, right. So they made them scrap it. But be know. because of all that research, Research of like the young damaged woman, the sexuality, the vulnerability, the corruption, the glamour, like all that stuff is like an obsession of his. But also that just the dead like, in the bed thing. <laughs> well, the, the, yes. You know, with Marilyn, uh, you it, know, and uh, in like a bungalow or something. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's so Marilyn. I mean, it, she didn't end her life violently, uh, Marilyn. She killed did, herself. But it was a death in a bed. She yeah. killed herself like Diane killed herself. Yeah, in the yeah, bed. right. It's a suicide Hollywood. in like a Hollywood bungalow bed. Yeah, and that's another thing too. Like, wait, that moment in the film, like obviously, when um, you know, finding your own dead body is Oof. an amazing idea, right? That that yeah. works in a Lynch movie super well. Yeah. 
But when, so when she finds her own dead body, you don't know who it is quite yet. Obviously, then it pays off at the end when you see uh, Diane, you know, shooting herself in the mouth, insane. But then, of course, it's that merging of like something so dark and traumatic and like, you know, like that that is. But then with that sad Angelo music and then the smoke mm. that comes out of the floor. It's, it's brilliant. I it, know. It's it's transcendent. Uh, oh the, the, it actually reminded me of Kenneth Anger. Mm. Or not, the way the the, 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 the smoke prop. Um, yeah. Something about it. It was, it was yeah. very uh, it hits. simple kind of magic. Simple. It's like a magic trick. Yeah. Yeah. But it but it, it made it all very transcendent. Um yeah, that's what I love. Can we talk? It. Can we can we extend this by an hour? <laughs> just do an hour on the little old people. Yeah. Uh, because no one no one's ever found the blue key for that shit. Yeah. Like, I've seen so many people hypothesize <laughs> about the significance mm -hmm. of the little tiny menacing old people <laughs> met in the airport, <laughs> in the airport. Right. like for two minutes and they're like yeah. laughing and like car. right, right. Uh, you know and i let go that's when you know there's yeah. ways of oh. thinking about the, the the jigsaw puzzle of the david lynch yeah. universe but i'm like i don't know <laughs> i just it's happening i don't know right and it's it's it's, it's terrifying it, it feels a little uh, rosemary's baby yeah a little yeah. but also not fire walk with me but, too, but i want everyone's theory the ending being two right. minutes of screaming you know what i mean also fire walk with me love it but just the ending being two minutes of just Screaming, it's yeah, felt no, like no, but the little tiny well, old yeah. people. So, <laughs> each need to give me your theory right now. Oh, oh um, I'm kidding, but you know, I, well, well, I think that any you know, there's all these theories, and people sometimes stress about. I mean, like 100%, this movie is about it's a dream, the first three quarters is a dream, and the end is the real life. That That's, I think, that's, that's let's put that to bed. Little tiny, well, hold on, the, there are all these little, <laughs> there are a lot of like loose ends because they were tying up the show because they were setting up a show I think and right, I think right. that sometimes people the instinct is be like well that doesn't really fit with the theory or whatever but I think sometimes he does just give in to like a good gag a good visual idea something that he came up with I think he will like cave to that and be like this is something that's powerful and cool and interesting and I'll put it in there and it can be I think I it's know. a dream moment I think it's a dream nightmare moment, and it's probably like— It's the thing she experiences before she kills herself. No, I know. Those I little know. old people are important. I know. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Well, at the beginning, they were like parent-type figures. That's what I'm well, saying. They're okay. the people yeah. that, is, that are bringing her into this world and letting her, you know— spread her wings and why go. did they get it's, so menacing it's her guilt you know? yeah, yeah i think it is something to do with the guilt of yeah. like there was the purity that she remembers okay from her dreams of childhood okay. and the old people of the jitterbug contest and the wholesomeness they're and, like the first scene of blue velvet people. yeah exactly and then all of a sudden they become almost demonic it's yeah. like what used to be wholesome and pure right. even right. their men there is that yeah. weird there's that weird sign scene with them right after she leaves them at the airport and they're just sitting <laughs> they're in like, the car going <laughs> like, <laughs> they're, they're, like they're in no, peace she's like, like yeah that's yeah. good we're gonna like torture her soul or something. Yeah. it's yeah. weird they're like NPCs or something they don't have their script anymore oh, and they're yeah. like or side characters from the movie that don't have their script anymore or they they're didn't or like like they yelled cut but they just left the camera rolling yeah left that footage in yeah it's a little it's a overextended. I think it's uh, implanted around. I think brilliantly. That there yeah. is something about this idea of like when you go back to the jitterbug contest and you imagine who this young girl was in Canada and it, it is a little of a Dorothy Stratton star 80 thing mm -hmm. too. She was from Canada. Yep. She was a beauty queen. She worked at the Dairy Queen. She won a beauty contest. Mm -hmm. The Blonde. pimp comes and finds her but then she gets the into you know her. the exploitation but wants to be a movie star. Right. 
suicide murder. Right. So, you know, there's, I think he was taking from that too, but there's something about like, who was that girl before Before. that Diane Mm -hmm. She was the jitterbug. You know, and and she had those stars in her eyes and she wanted to believe in the wholesomeness. And then all of a sudden, like even those it, it becomes that darkly corrupted. Even though there's are no just, safe place. Yeah, there's no safe place anymore. Right, right. And that's actually Fire Walk With Me. They that There's a lot of that symbolism where like the angel and the painting Laura Palmer has above it her. It disappears. It disappears. Like all of a sudden we Scary. don't have these people anymore yeah. that yeah. take care of us. There are no angels to, save, no you, angels uh, to save you in Hollywood. Yeah. Yep. That's our message, there, everybody. There we go. There, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. no shit. Beware. Um, or parking spots. Um, but the thing is that... Um, uh, about 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 Angelo is uh, I just want to mention because I got to shout out Angelo Battlementi here because that that marriage of those two guys and how they work together is simply fucking incredible unreal. yeah it's unreal and the music in this movie without the music in the movie obviously without the sound design it wouldn't be half as good but really without the music it wouldn't be mm-hmm. as powerful as it is and and just like those moments like the smoke coming out of the bed like mm. we were talking about mm-hmm. and the ending the superposition of oh yeah both of them and those swelling strings and everything and what i love about there's the videos on youtube you can find it of of angelo and david composing together yeah and it's one of the funniest um processes i've ever seen which is you know david seated at the piano right next to Angelo mm-hmm. and Angelo's just playing something and I'll be like no Angelo no and then and then he'll maybe say a few words to him that'll help get him back on track you know like and then he'll start playing something beautiful and I'll be like <laughs> oh Angelo oh <laughs> Angelo yeah. and then that's that's how it works you know <laughs> Angelo telling the story of him writing like Laura's <laughs> theme or whatever yeah. yeah that's a really power him telling that story and playing the piano with the music yeah is really powerful. But it's like shamanistic. It's, like yeah. there's something about how he works. Like it's, yeah. that's why it, yeah. it transcends normal. Shout out to Angelo in the movie too. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were going to say the best, him spitting out the uh, espresso. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is so sickening. And that was in the pilot. I remember, remember I was saying before, like, what does like that look, mean though? Yeah. Well, no, well, I mean, he does, it, it is happening to an extent where, there, there is an implied significance to that moment, and mm-hmm. but it's just so grotesque. I, I remember though that that was in the pilot when I watched the video. That's VHS wild. Tape. And there was another moment where I was like, David Lynch, exactly. Man. Like what? Nineteen ninety-eight. <laughs> but, but it, let's just explain what we're saying is like, yeah. like he's spitting out unapprovingly of the uh, supposedly great espresso, <laughs> yeah. and, and it's like it's lingering. There's been a lot of anxiety really, around the espresso <laughs> building up to that moment. But it's, and it's very grotesque. It's like spittling, spooking out, and it's like it goes on too long. It feels. <laughs> Just to get, uh, just to plant a seed of overanalysis, it's like it feels kind of infantile or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like uh, like pre toilet training or something. <laughs> yeah. No, really. But yeah, look at yeah. like, you know Harvey Weinstein, like these people who are these grown babies who are like that's what I'm kind of saying. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. you're having to walk on eggshells, and it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. You know, it's a grotesque, grotesque. reaction. Grotesque. Like, like, Baby doesn't like yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Right. Blah. Yeah. It's like like a baby baby. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Jesus. Christ. It's amazing. It's really it's yeah. really no, the cowboy. just the weirdness of too like oh, that, that was said to be one of the best espressos in the world. Like, <laughs> the world. like you could whip that up in your office building. <laughs> oh, you know, it's it is a great humor though. But the cowboy. Dude, I love the cowboy. What What's I love going on with the cowboy because he pops up cowboy. you know, the, a lot. the confrontation. At the ranch, but uh, he's, at the, know, he's at the party at the end, like, Just, yep, and then yep. he wakes her up. Time to wake he says, up. Pretty girl, right. time to wake up. Hey, pretty girl. 
time to wake up. Yeah. Which is so So what's the deal with him? Well, I, I like the cowboy, just real quick. I, I just love how it's like a non-actor, yeah. friend of David, mm -hmm. some eccentric mm -hmm. cat that he knows, you know, and he's like, oh yeah, he's going to be the cowboy, you know? <laughs> and, then like, yeah. and he brought his own wardrobe. He brought his own like, wow, like priceless That's wardrobe. And like, it's yes. like oh, comically oversized bandana Amazing. and the hat's yeah. too big. Yeah. And, yeah. But he's I, like menacing and, yeah, sure. And, but he's got some folksy wisdom. Well, and, he's like stern. You know. <laughs> like every word he says is, is in, you know, with great intention and kind of Black Lodge esque. Yeah. And controlling. And like, it's, a, it's confrontational, but, uh, it looks like he's trying to do good by the director, right? Isn't he? Like, well, no, I think he's yeah. the one who's basically, I don't know, to me, this is how I interpret it. He's like, you better cast her in this fucking movie. Yeah. Or all hell is going to break loose. Or all hell is going to break loose. Yeah. And, I, and, and I sort of think that it's emblematic of the syndicate of the, you know, he's trying to say that, you know, these sort of unseen forces in Hollywood. But he's also he's he opens up with that philosophical uh, yeah, sure. your attitude. That's true. Your yeah. attitude. Yeah, and he's connected to Diane in some way too, right? Yeah, I mean, just like in her right. psyche. Yeah, right. yeah. He's we in her psyche because he's a character. I think he's, in her yeah, psyche. he's a character in her psyche. I mean, I think it goes back also to the Wizard of Oz stuff because there's so much there's a lot in of all of his films of that where like you have kind of like the Tin Man character and the yeah. Scarecrow, and they are these bizarre. Yeah. Um, well, he's an archetype, archetype like out of a an old fifties child's um, toy chest. Yeah, yeah, you know, like Toy Story, even. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Well, as we're getting here, thirteen minutes on the clock. No, I know. What? I know, I know. Um, we should talk about just a few other scenes. Um, do you want to talk? We would talk about Silencio. I mean, Club Silencio. Yeah. I mean, powerful moment to me, kind of the bridge going from. <clears throat> what is real, what isn't real. And that's a great mm -hmm. Lynch trick of, again, not being on the nose in a creative sort of abstract way, letting the audience and the characters in the movie mm -hmm. itself know that what you are seeing is not real. And yeah. we're an audience watching an audience yeah. Yeah. being given a display yep. of mm -hmm. how there's like, uh, you know, it's, it's the, it's the, um, the artificiality of, yeah. of a presentation. Right. This amazing yeah. sleight of hand, too, where he shows you exactly what he's going to do before, you know, right. so she's lip syncing, right? Yeah. She's giving this amazing performance, but she's yeah. actually lip syncing. He tells you that before. There's no band. They show you the trumpet playing, and then there's nobody playing the trumpet. You know, they show you everything ahead of time that, like, this is not real. Right. And then you just get swept up in Rebecca Del Rio's, like, yeah performance and it's so moving so and just like yeah. you know you're almost brought to tears yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and they are what it's so powerful but it's a recording and she yeah. passes out yeah yeah and we've you seen know? some lip syncing earlier in the film too with the uh on the set of the sylvian oh yeah yeah i guess well, but it's something about like uh the artifice of the you know like um hollywood yeah itself, yeah exactly you know? illusion yeah and, and even the facade of that 1950s glamour and that, like, what was really behind that. Right. It was never really glamour. Well, also it about, was, yeah. It was all sexual, to be honest, it was all sexual exploitation. I mean, like, those, it, there was no difference between really, like, the porn industry and the movie star industry, except for the fact that they looked gorgeous and glamorous. But it was like, at that point, it was like the casting couch. That's literally how these people got in these movies. Right. They, they became movie stars because they were fucking people and getting exploited. And 
Right. There was right. suicides. There was Hollywood Babylon. Yeah. Like, Hollywood it, all of it was darkness. There was no glamour mm -hmm. except that in the makeup chair. So it's like he's kind of saying, like, look at this sheen. Right. But, but also but saying that artifice can have a deep emotional impact. That too. As it we does. See in our two protagonists, like, uncontrolled. Crying. Yeah. Yeah. In the audience. Yeah. And Hollywood <clears throat> does that to us and yeah. to Lynch. Right. Like, we adore those movies. We're in that They're audience. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they also, yeah. Also, a comment on the movie itself because it's saying, like, it's also been an illusion this entire this time. Also, dream. Yeah. And we're about to, they're about, those characters are about to go away. And so, in a general like, way, it's yeah. about not Hollywood. <laughs> it's also about movies. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, like, you could simplistically say, oh, the magic of movies. But, like, mm -hmm. It's more complicated than that because movies, unlike other another art form, like it's the closest to dreaming. Yeah, yep. exactly. You know, right. and our attachments to these characters they become part of our collective unconscious. Like the these right. icons, we all know them and we deeply like Jimmy Stewart, like whoever. Like yeah. we have this. They love live for forever. Live forever yeah. in our collective yeah. dream. I think yeah. it's kind of like what you know Babylon was trying to get at you know in its final oh, act. Oh, <laughs> shut up! Don't do this! Sorry, <laughs> Aaron. Oh my God. It's so painful when those characters leave too. For yeah. me, like it's hard for me to go to see this. I wish I could see this movie again for the first time and be as confounded as I was, yeah. you know? I know. And feel all the feelings, you know? know. Um, yeah. And not be distracted, just sit there and feel it all again. But I remember being, like getting swept up in the hurt, Rebecca Del Rio's performance, being very upset, you know? And then- yeah. And then you feel bad like, once she passes out or whatever, and you realize it's just recording, you kind of feel like you were tricked. You yeah. Know? Well, and then you lose those characters for the rest of the movie, yeah. and you're like, oh, I want to see those characters. Yeah, like it's, it's, so it's painful. Can we actually know? talk about that singer for a second, like yeah. specifically? Yeah. yeah. Because I think we're responding to the beautiful voice, but that isn't necessarily her at all. But it's the way she looks, and she looks, kind of speaking to what you're saying, she looks beat the fuck up. Mm. You know, like it looks yeah. like uh, she's like probably a big old drug addict, you know, probably a prostitute <laughs> or something like that. She looks, you know, her, her makeup's all messed up. She's weird. She looks, kind of like she's glam. an attractive person. Yeah. 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 But she's um, made up kind of. She, yeah, she's beat up. Yeah. And then tear. she passes out maybe because mm, she's tear. like, you know, ODing or something, you know. You know what? It, it's interesting. That scene, and maybe it's because it's like <laughs> in Spanish or whatever, or partially. In Spanish, like it does feel like a Jodorowsky mm -hmm. scene. Yeah, you know, like right. I Sangra. It really feels like Sata Sangra. Yeah. It's that really moving Roy Orbison song too. Yeah, so it's like it's familiar, but it's alien. Right there, you in go. Spanish, so. That's true. It's that fifties yep. nostalgia, yep. but then with something like deeper and darker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then also Dean yep. Stockwell. In blue velvet. Oh, yeah. yeah right. With uh, Roy Orbison. Like, she kind of looks like Dean Stockwell. Right. In Dreams, I Walk With You. In Dreams, I Talk yeah. You. Like, like yeah, it's, yeah. that's the yeah. movie. Right. Beat up ass looking people, yeah. like beautifully crooning, lip syncing, beautiful crooning. Amazing. Yeah. That's a weird special it's, place. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> Do we want to talk at all about, um, I know you mentioned earlier just about like the neighbor and that whole thing. Do you want to talk about that? <laughs> Go for it. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't. No, I'm just saying that, that before we recorded, it was just. Today, just watching it again, that made me start thinking. I had my own thoughts on it, and you guys, interestingly, had lots of others. I just thought maybe there was, in in the way dreams do interpret reality for you. Yes, I was just flashing on the concept of maybe going down the the the, uh, the rabbit hole of that in the dream world that neighbor became the beautiful brunette, and um, like what we're seeing in the beautiful brunette in the dream, uh, the one that gets in the car accident in the beginning is actually just the neighbor, maybe. Oh. Because she does have a bosom, mm -hmm. the brunette neighbor. Mm -hmm. And I just thought maybe that like the way dreams can 
almost like a fix, oh, yeah. a special thing to a mundane person in your life and change that person in your, li- in your life. Oh, it's like amalgamation. Yeah, it right. It's amalgamation. kind of a fusion or something. Like that. Fusion, so that was yeah. my thought. Right. Well, then and I was thinking where yeah. it's almost like these dreams are, everyone in the dream has their own consciousness, which is strange. Like, even like it's almost like the <laughs> each person's dream is is almost engaging with the other. So like within Betty's fantasy, there's the neighbor, mm-hmm. but the neighbor herself is having this recognition when she sees Rita. See, that that was the layer you brought up <laughs> yeah. early, and I was like, oh my god, that's because yeah. right. all I was doing was saying that in the dream, I guess, is the um, what is the word I'm thinking of? Uh, whatever the the beautiful iconic version of the neighbor is seeing the real neighbor, mm-hmm. right, 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 and it's like. Hey, wait a minute. I know you. You're me. Like, and I'm the idealized you in right, this right, person's right. dream. That's just what I was playing with. Yeah. Right? yeah. You know, and maybe all of it's and maybe true. All of it's, well, because it's like we were saying before, too. Like, that's where that's where Diane and Camilla were having their affair in that um apartment complex. And so the neighbor was like, yeah, witnessing what was going on. And she was kind of a witness to that, the whole relationship unraveling. Right. And then all of a sudden. Something they, else too, like. Again, I think there's multi-tiers, layers. They switch apartments, and yeah. there's the practical consideration of the why. Yeah. But it also is kind of a, uh, like a Polanski kind of like, mm. A, mm. like tenant. a tenant kind of replacing thing. Like, yeah. yeah. Like it's a mundane thing. Like, let's switch apartments, but it's like, let's switch yeah. who we are. And then yeah. she says something. It's like, I right. guess you're not, Di- you know, Diane, like we're looking for this person and like the I neighbor's guess, not yeah. recognizing you. I guess you're not I guess that you're person. Not Diane. Wow. It's just something about like identity swapping. Like fragmented. Right. Swapping. Yeah. I don't feel like the neighbor's that important, honestly. I think I think I maybe just for like situating like where we are in time. That's I think a cool. That, I think she kind of walks into like, yeah. I have the piano ashtray. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. I think it's like kind of the, the the winkies there's all those there's that list of clues that like Studio Canal made David Lynch release or whatever yeah. you know for how to solve the movie really know? yeah there's like a list of like it's on the back of one of the DVDs it's like and I think he released it at the mm-hmm. screenings or something yeah you know, the initial screening it's on the DVD yeah. Yeah. it was like it was like the clues and, and some of it was like where's the ashtray you know it's like, very obtuse well, coffee cups well because you know, but at like that, that point too in the narrative that's when the cracks are really forming so mm-hmm, like when you're right. you know when you're having a dream and you're deep in the dream yeah in the total fantasy part but then slowly consciousness starts you to creep get in, up you kind of get right. yeah you yeah, exactly <laughs> you kinda, I, yeah. so this is the part where they're about to see the dead yeah. body of diane right and so all of a sudden the little things are like like the Not neighbor looks think. at Rita. Rita's like, huh? Like it's like, right. that's Diane See, I, waking yeah. up. Like totally. she's yes. still I think all, The dream is looking at the reality. That's what I'm right. trying to say. I yeah. think the they're all still filtered through Diane though. Yeah. Like, because like the Rita is not Camilla like in real life. You know, I yeah. think that she is... I thought so initially there was some like real link to them, but I really think it's just Diane's version, dream version of Camilla. 100%. And then she, because that, she basically, she turns into her blonde and then yeah. Betty just disappears Betty and disappears. it's just Camilla. So she becomes that. Because right, the, the idealized Betty, she can't hold on to that anymore in her head. Like yeah. as the dream continues, it gets harder to hold on to the wholesome Betty. That's why the and masturbation the, was so frustrating. Yeah. And then. Because it was like that fantasy was not fueling she masturbation. She get that fantasy. Yeah. Real quick, we have three minutes and 45 <laughs> seconds left. Um, Rami, is there anything, As because you're the guest, is there anything you wanted to get in that we didn't talk about specifically? Oh or my God. I could bring up something. I mean, there, there, 
there's a few, you know, there's a few other, even just like the Mulholland Drive as the road that he chose, you right. know, like mm -hmm. even the symbol of that, that that was the, it's almost like the road to Olympus with the Greek gods. It's the road to the Hollywood and sign. Yeah. The yeah. Hollywood sign and where all the, it's like you have the down below the peons. It's where the big go, heartbreaking party is. Yeah. So and, but and going up the steps. We should talk about that. You ascend to that. Like right. in Hollywood, you right. have a hierarchy, a caste system. And all, you know, the Jack Nicholsons and the this person and the old Hollywood people lived. It's Mount Olympus. Up, up Mount Olympus. In our mm -hmm. in our, you know, right. up the street from us. So yeah. the, myth, the mythological gods are living up there, and down below is the motels and the and winkies. the winkies and the call girls and the prostitutes. And now influencers are uh, <laughs> yeah. up there with yeah. sports drinks. Oh. And so then she's like climbing. You know, that's where she's climbing towards, yeah. and then the dream is smashed yeah. up there. 100%. You know, so the geography of Mulholland Drive, the film, yeah, is very significant, you know? Yeah. Because it's funny, it's a film that, that goes from a Winkies back alley, which could not be more unlike Mulholland Drive. Uh, the, the Mount Olympus yes. of Mulholland Drive it's up so in the hills. LA. And you, it's heaven and hell. Yeah. Yeah. Is hell. It is. And, and it's <laughs> which yeah. is hell? Pinks. Which one's hell? Oh, oh Pink's. <laughs> the hot dogs. Pink's, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, it's sponsored by Pink's, by the way. <laughs> and, uh, it, but that, that, that whole scene at the dinner when you do realize, you know, like when you see heart Diane's heartbreaking, you know, obviously because like you're seeing Camila kiss another woman and then she's going to get married to Adam. What yeah. the fuck's going on? <laughs> like everybody but you. Yeah, Katie. exactly. Yeah. And, then, right. and then you're seeing that. But she also, that's the scene where you get to understand her backstory. That's the jitterbug contest and Canada and coming in. That's where you actually, that's where a lot of the movie for me oh, kind of starts to make sense. And then, his mom like patting her hand. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Like, Coco. 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 Kind of okay, way, Coco. Brilliant yeah. shout out to have uh, Ann Miller. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Who's like a, you know, compatriot of Mickey Rooney, shout out. Yes. We were here last. Broadway together. Yeah. Mickey Rooney, this uh, time uh, last year. Yeah. Right here. Mickey Rooney time. Uh, but no, it's great to have that kind of thing. Also, I think it's um, Lee Grant. Yeah. Makes that Louise. great spooky appearance as yeah. the neighbor. Oh, yeah. Isn't that Lee incredible? Yeah. No, but what as I'm saying Louise. is having those old Hollywood faces, especially Ann Miller. Yeah. Like picking up dog shit. Amazing. Like to have a face that's front right out of those yeah. Yeah. old mid-century times. Uh, makes it very haunting. And she's yeah. a perfect face for it. Overly made up. Yeah. The Coco element is so important because of like that history of those old apartments mm -hmm. where people would go and live there and they would almost be like vaudevillian. And that's like Day of the Locust, you know? And they'd go into their auditions and they'd come back. They'd be like a midget next door and a giraffe and a young girl who's like a showgirl. And yeah. and it's, it's all that like weird kind of like- Kangaroo. Kangaroo and so yeah, I think the movie is. I think the Coco. My God, is very. We have under a minute to talk about the botched hit scene. We have, oh, oh. <laughs> great moment of comic relief in the movie, of course, uh, when the hitman you know tries to just kill that guy. That's amazing, by the way. I like, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like the history of the world. The yeah. right? Black book guy, the yeah. world and phone number. And that jackass. That's like an amazing <laughs> whole little world unto itself. Yeah. It's a little um. Like Pulp Fiction-y? It is. In a cool way. Like, it's almost it like but Pulp Fiction like pops into Magnolia, the Hollywood sorry. story. Oh, no, yeah. Drive. The Hitman yeah. guy's in the Big Lebowski. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, yeah. Like, the the Hitman guy is like such a, he's always a toughie, you know. Oh, he's great. Lebowski. All right, everybody. That is, oh, I know, I'm sorry. One fucking hour on Mulholland Drive. A <laughs> lot left to talk about there. An absurd task. It was. I knew it was going to be To do one hour on this film. 
I know. But with four people. Hey, I know. But that, <laughs> that's hard. But <laughs> it is math. A, but it is a testament to this movie. I'm just sitting here listening to you guys and just like thinking about God, movies like this, man, where like, you know, you need like one fucking day to really get through them. We don't have that anymore, really, with anything. Yeah. And it's it's amazing. Oh, they don't make movies like that? They don't make them Not like, like this. Anymore. I don't know. Iron Claw was pretty Not so much. Yeah, we wasted our time seeing Iron the Iron Claw. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, we got that well, we might address that at a future That uh, uh, might make a might make an appearance on the show, of course. Um but man, I don't know. Just there's so much to talk about with this movie. There's so much just amazing choices. Yeah. And I mean, it's David Lynch, obviously, but this is definitely up there for me in terms of one of my favorite I, films. I, I also love, not that to go on about it. Yeah, we're but, cheating. No, we're cheating. But no like, cheating. I love that there are those empty spots in like the characters' histories that you can fill in. Yeah. And yeah. and like you have enough information where it's like you use your imagination. Yeah, it makes it participatory. Right. And you participate in yeah. the story. It, it's a shame that like, Cheating. Movie. They've kind of given up on movies. Just talking about filmmaking in general. Okay. They've given up on making like uh, kind of a, a a movie. Like you said, you're lamenting you can't do this. And they don't do this in movies anymore. It's they hard do it with do. like maybe series now. That's like maybe. the curse or something. Mm. People are going to like let's. You that know, might be rearing its ugly. Yeah. But, yeah, but it's a shame too. that you have to you have to say like okay we're going to do this artsy thing. It's going to take like twelve hours to do it. Like yeah. it's, I, I miss the days when you could just squeeze it all in yeah. two hours in a feature you know. film. Yeah. yeah, like you're saying that it might be you know some really rewarding stuff in these totally series. Yeah, right. But he's saying that. Uh, Every you know, frame. Like, that's like those like fourteen hour commitments. They should right. They should all do what David Lynch had to do with Mahal yeah, Drive was yeah. don't make a series out of you it. You know what? Squeeze well, it into a squeeze, squeeze it into is. a TV show. There's something rewarding about the rigor of time limits. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like you want to know? I think we're pretty uh, acclimated to that. <laughs> we sure are. That kind and, of rigor. And uh, one fucking no, hour. But but of course that's not just like anybody can you know, walk off the street and make no. a film, uh, you know, as labyrinthian and, you know, rewarding and as fun and crazy as Mulholland Drive and make it sincere and work. You have to be fucking David Lynch. Or, you have to be uh, David Lynch. Yeah, which you, you can't be. That's our Don't lesson. try. You have to well, be David Lynch. Um, they only let there be, but they only let there be one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So true. Um, really he cheating, directs right? like a shaman, you know? Yeah. And he casts like, like Agent Cooper. He looks at the, headshot he's and then like gets a me. feeling yeah and that's how he cast the fucking movie yeah he's he's special it's <laughs> just like jesus he's amazing angelo all right so um let's talk about next week obviously we're not gonna be together we'll be back on the normal you know format Go ahead. this is live but we we talked about a film <laughs> fresh in our minds and i think maybe okay next week's film should be this oh. oh, and we can defer. <laughs> okay, the departure. Other one to, you know, down the road. Okay, okay. So, okay. You've seen? Have you seen Sideways? You want to go? I, I'll be the virgin. You, <laughs> you haven't seen it? No, I haven't seen it. <laughs> you haven't seen Sideways? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's cool. Well, then you'll see it, and it and, might not blow your and mind. You'll be the the new guy. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna love it. I right? mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm just no, watching the French one that you sent me. French one, you know what? Isn't there a French? No, it's a Japanese. There's a Japanese. Oh, okay, we're doing the Japanese <laughs> version of science. No, <laughs> Google it. Well, well, um, well, I'm throwing it out there. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. Curveball. Let's let's film both versions and we'll see which we pick. Because I I was kind of into what we were going to do. Okay. You know. Well, we could ignore what I just said. Yeah. And this will happen at some point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know. 
And we could do our original plan. You want to just do that? I think it's a fun pick. All right, all right. Let's, you know. But oh, this right. is coming. Yeah, yeah. Now I remember. All right, yeah. We're going to get there. We'll see if we do it next week or not. But uh, next week, um, little departure. And look, hey, we've been doing a lot of things from the 90s, 2000s era lately, and I'm kind of digging that. Uh, let's get to another fucking comedy, man. After the darkness and strangeness mm. of this movie, let's get into something that's... You know, one of the best comedies of all time, right? Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> top two, three? I love it, yeah. Yeah, all right. We're going to be doing next week one fucking hour on Waiting for Guffman. <laughs> Just yeah. drive in and get a Coke. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I'm so excited for this. Uh, we, of course, did Spinal Tap. Uh, I think that was a few years ago now or whatever. Mm. And now we're getting to Guffman, man. So that'll be next week. And then your birthday episode's coming up soon, in soon, a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah, so you're going to have to start making some comments. Everyone to get prepared for that. Yeah, so. get ready for that. You do, do what you have to do. Who knows Start what? fasting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fasting. <laughs> Exercising. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Who knows what the hell that's going to be. Um, so, all right. Next week, one fucking hour on Waiting for Guffman <laughs> or one fucking hour on Sideways. All right. We'll, we'll do Guffman. Okay, okay, okay. But I, I'd like to address Sideways sooner or later. I mean, like... We will. We I'm will. a fan. Well, you guys were well, just We there. just did election. Right. This, it's fresh. The trip was fresh. That's okay. that's all I meant. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. But, I'll uh, go ahead and watch it just in case. <laughs> I thought you'd seen case. it. All right, everybody. And a quick shout out, of course, to the One Fucking Hour Patreon. Patreon.com slash One Fucking Hour is where you can sign up for just five bucks a month and you get instant access to all of our bonus episodes, our audio commentary tracks, all that good shit. Best way to support the show. Thank you, everybody who's doing that. A lot of people over the holidays signed up for the Patreon, which is cool. pretty sweet. Nice. So um, get on there, do that. And anything else you guys want to talk about before we hit them with the... Uh, hmm. You guys have a show coming up next month? Oh. Oh, us? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about next week. All right, next week we'll get there. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, we'll see you next week, but we can't leave you without your... Of Zen... All right, everybody, <laughs> have a good rest of your week. We'll see you next time. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Right. Peace. Bye-bye. Bye. It's an interesting thing to have something that um, makes you think of something else. And it's a, it's a kind of a trick that I would like to try it, to trick myself again because it makes your mind work in a, in a different way. Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef. <laughs>